KC, you there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a real yawn, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And normally, you start out with like this, like weird grunt thingy. Yeah. So the yawn was new. I started doing the weird grunt, but then it just sort of happened to me. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> I'm glad that you're here, Casey. Yeah. I'm well, gonna teach you some stuff about the Bible. That's what I be. I live here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could be doing your studies because you're becoming an engineer. I am. I know my engineering things have rubbed off on her. Uh huh. And she's becoming an engineer too. Mm-hmm. So we're, there's gonna be two godless engineers in this house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, so today we're gonna be going over more Bible stuff, and boy, do we have a doozy of a video for you today. Yeah. Yes, we are gonna end up. Guess where? Uh, Hogwarts. That's where we're ending up today. So I hope that you will follow me as we get there. Oh my boy, I'm just gonna. Okay, you just. I'll be back <laughs> in a minute. <laughs> All right, so Saul reigned for about 42 years. If you guys don't remember, we left off with Saul becoming um, uh, president or something of the Jews. And king. Whatever. He, God came on his forehead and made him <laughs> the king. Uh, but um, Saul kind of got busy with the ladies and had a whole bunch of fucking kids, including this one little shit named Jonathan. Um, Saul goes out and he picks a bunch of men to go pick a fight with the Phillies. Um, uh, Saul, oh, Saul steps out of line with Sammy by offering God some burnt shit. And, uh, that was a big no-no. So Sammy's pissed. Um, Saul, uh, fucked up really bad. And, uh, Sammy let him know that he's going to lose all of his shit. Um, and, uh, over burnt up animal guts basically is what, is what happened. Um, and then, uh, 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 okay, so basically Israel didn't have blacksmiths for whatever fucking reason. They didn't train up blacksmiths. So guess who they had to go and get their shit sharpened with? The Phillies. So, of course, yeah, shit's gonna, the, Saul's going to lose that fight um, because, honestly, I mean, who, who takes it? Who takes your shit to your enemy to clean it and sharpen it and shit? Anyways, um, Johnny then... Uh, you know, after after all of this, um, Johnny's bold and drunk went alone with his fuck boy uh, to kill all the Phillies. And boy, does he scare the shit out of them. And and here's here's the part that will surprise you, honey. Yes. The Phillies then shit themselves as Johnny was kicking their ass. God then farted and scared them even more shitless. So they started mercy killing each other. This is literally not in the Bible. This is literally in the Bible. You guys will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Nobody knows what you're talking about. No. Well, Saul then tells his troops that the food is cursed or something like that, and so they don't have any food. Well, Johnny, being the little shit he is, defies his father and goes and gets some honey from the woods. You know, like a man. <laughs> <laughs> The Gillette commercial was about Johnny. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> the best a man can get. Honeycomb. Um, Saul's men then started, like, as, as Saul was attacking things and killing people, Saul's men just started, you know, raw-dogging it with the fucking animals. Uh, well, okay. 
not raw dogging as in they're fucking it, but they're just eating the animals without any kind of fire. Like, they're not cooking the animals or anything. They're just eating their stomachs as they lay on the ground. Yeah, like, raw dogging has a specific meaning. Yeah, well, I, you know, it's neither here nor there. Um, uh, They regress back to being cavemen, basically. So Saul feels really bad about the savagery of his of his warriors, and he builds an altar to beg for forgiveness. You know, going face down, ass up for God. And um, then apparently some little bitch tattled on Jonathan for eating the honey. <laughs> Saul uh, then was about to kill his uh, son Jonathan because he ate the fucking honey and defied his orders. Uh, to be honest, I mean this would be all in line with you know the Bible, but you know I'm, who am I? I'm just a heathen. Um, Saul then started losing his shit, like all of his shit. And they they fought the Hagrids. This is where Hogwarts come in. Apparently, Saul, he travels all the way to the magical dimension of the wizards in Harry Potter and fights the Hagrids. The Hagrids are apparently a huge tribe, and uh, they're so huge, in fact, that they took 100,000 Hagrids captive. Hag- all right? Hagrids. Whatever. Sam then goes to Saul and is like, destroy the Amalekites. Uh, completely. Just slaughter everybody. Don't leave anything there. But of course, as Saul does, he half-assed it and he loses his golden throne. And that's it for today. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you saw Hagrid on the thumbnail. Hagrid is going to be on the thumbnail? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. He's on the thumbnail right now. What? Oh, no. What's up, heathens? How How y'all doing? doing? So, uh, yeah, uh, obviously I got a few, you know, things wrong. I didn't cross some T's or dot some I's or, you know, I I mentioned Hagrid. Um... (laughs) So uh, Casey is going to take us through it, but uh, in case you guys don't know, there is a Skeptic Mafia podcast that's posted. You can only get that particular podcast by being a member of the Skeptic Mafia, and you can do that by becoming a patron or by joining the membership here by hitting that join link or going to joinskepticmafia.com. Right. Right. So let's get into the story, though, now that we got the promoing out of the way. Okay. Um, so today we're going to go over the reign of Saul. Last week, we know that Samuel appointed Saul as Israel's king mm-hmm. and went through that whole, you know, sorting hat thing. And you remember that? Yeah, I do. The sorting hat. <laughs> See? See? I threw it in there just for you. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't fucking Hogwarts. Like it didn't happen like that. Anyway. No, they fucking had a sorting hat and everything. And it was just fabulous. They did not have it was a exactly hat. like Hogwarts. It was not like Hogwarts. Today, we're going to go through the reign of Saul, right? And we're going to go from start to finish. We're actually going over two days in the Daily Bible podcast. So we can tell the whole story at once. And we're going through Samuel, 1 Samuel, mm-hmm. chapters 13, 14, and 15. Okay. okay. We're going to skip just a little bitty bit of uh, chapter 13 verse pretty much one yeah i think we're skipping just a little bit of verse one because it essentially just goes through the 
some genealogy in Saul's family, and that's really not necessary. You don't need to sit here and listen to me mispronounce names. Most of these people don't matter at all. So we're going to talk about the people who do. Okay, so Saul was 30 years old when he uh, became the king, right? Right. And he reigned over Israel for 42 years. Okay. Okay. He had uh, a wife, three sons, and two daughters. The only child that really matters in our uh, needs today is Jonathan. Okay. So. Jonathan's the little shit. (laughs) Jonathan is actually ends up being really important in the King David story. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is he a little shit there too? No. (laughs) So so anyway, we're going to skip that part. Also, because we're using this daily Bible uh, version, it it brings in uh, Chronicles chapter 9, 1 Chronicles chapter 9, which goes through the house of Saul and it talks about generations before him and like 10 or 12 fucking generations after him. I'm not doing that either because it doesn't matter. Right. So we only care about story on this fucking podcast. Well, if, if any of these people were actually important, we would talk about it, but none of them are except for Jonathan at the moment. Oh. So, Oh, I was being sincere. I only care about the story. I don't care about who <laughs> fucked who and who birthed who. Like, I really don't care about all that. Like, that's going to be that's going to be a little important later when we get to the New Testament and the genealogy of Jesus. But I mean, other than that, I just really don't give a fuck. Well, and here's the thing. In places where genealogy is important, we'll talk about genealogy. Yeah. But, you know, the Bible likes to put in a lot of superfluous information. Yeah. Uh, it's know, just and, not it's just not important here. Right. That that and when it repeats itself, we generally like just summarize it saying, yeah. oh, they just repeat themselves again here. And so, yeah, this is pretty commonplace. OK, so first uh, Samuel chapter 13, two is where we're starting. All mm-hmm. right. Saul chose 3000 men from Israel. 2000 were with him at Michmash and in the hill country of Bethel. Michmash? Michmash. <laughs> at I, what point do you are they just making up words and shit? I mean, I get that it's probably a real place. I do. But I mean, I Michmash just sounds like somebody got bored and couldn't think of something original. <laughs> well, so I will I will admit normally I look up how how to pronounce um, some of these words beforehand, but I did not because I felt like Micmash was pretty um, explanatory, self-explanatory, but I will. Micmash. There you go. Yeah. So, Micmash. Micmasher. 2,000 men were with him at Micmash and in the hill of the country of Bethel, and 1,000 were with Jonathan at Gibeah in Benjamin, or Gibeah, Gibeah in Benjamin. The rest of the men he sent back to their homes. Okay. Oh, the shit gibbons. Gibeah shit gibbons? No. That's who they are, right? No. This is different oh. people. Oh, different. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'd still call them shit gibbons. Of course you would. <laughs> Jonathan attacked the Philistine outpost at Giba. And the Philistines heard about it. Then Saul had the trumpet blown throughout the land and said, let the Hebrews hear. So all Israel heard the news. Saul has attacked the Philistine outpost. So all Israel heard the news. So basically it's like, tell CNN and Fox News. Saul attacked the Phillies. (laughs) Film at 11. Well, so this attack apparently made Israel a stench to the Philistines. What God's fart. 
<laughs> that comes later. <laughs> and, and the people were summoned to join Saul at Gilgal. The Philistines assembled to fight Israel with 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, and soldiers as numerous as the sands on the seashore. They went up and camped at Michmash, east of beth -Avon. When the men of Israel saw that their situation was critical and that their army was hard-pressed, they hid in caves and thickets, among the rocks and in the pits and cisterns. Some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan into the land of Gad and Gilead. Can you imagine them trying to hide and it's like, oh, can we go in this cave? And it's just like chock full of fucking Israelites. It's like, <laughs> there's no room. Trust me. There's 20 people dead back there. Okay, don't come in here. <laughs> and then they go to hide behind some rocks and there's already 50 guys behind a rock. And <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It seems really weird. But uh, Saul remained at Gilgal and all the troops with him were quaking with fear. He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel. But Samuel didn't come to Gilgal. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, quaking is a weird way to say shitting themselves. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Saul's men began to scatter because Samuel didn't come, right? Mm-hmm. So Saul said, bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived and Saul went out to greet him. That doesn't that just sound like such a, a like an arrogant prick thing to do? It's like, where's that fucking Saul or, or Sammy at? Where's that fucking Sammy at? Oh, fuck. If he's not here, I'm just going to do it my own goddamn self. Well, so Samuel <laughs> told him to wait seven days and he didn't. Or I mean, he, he did. And because the men were scattering, we're going to go into it. Yeah, I know. His reasons for doing it. Oh, I, I know, but I mean, it just it seems like, I don't know, it seems like an arrogant thing to do. Like, fuck, he ain't here. I guess I gotta do it. <laughs> you know how particular God is. Well, God mean, shoved fireballs up the ass of two of his priests just for using the wrong incense to pay homage to him or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> so Saul replied, when I saw the men were scattering and that you did not come at the set time and that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought... Now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. You acted foolishly, Samuel said. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. And if you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him the leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. Then Samuel left Gilgal and went up to Gibeah in Benjamin, and Saul counted the men who were with him. They numbered about 600. So, let me get this straight. God is pissed off and directly punishes Saul for offering the burnt offering that Sammy was supposed to offer. Yeah, because Samuel didn't come in the, in the amount of time he said he would. And we don't know how long they waited after the seven days. Or, the, you know, that seven-day period, you know, seven days isn't really seven days. Right. But we don't know how long they waited after that. Um, we don't know if they just did it on the eighth day. We don't know if it needed to be done on the seventh day. So when he didn't show up until late, they went ahead and did it. You know, there's all kinds of weird fucking rules and shit here. Well, yeah, but my point is, is that God directly punishes this fuck. But yet today you have people that do actually morally detestable things. Mm-hmm. And yet God doesn't do shit to him. No. Like, this is, like, immediate, like, like well, action. And here's the other thing. Like, 
where is God's pissed offness at Samuel for being fucking late? I like, know. What was Samuel doing that was so important that he had to put God's burnt offering on the fucking back burner? He was fucking the livestock, honey. <laughs> you know he's got to do that shit in secret. He can't just broadcast that stuff. Well, that's true. It also also astounds me how many how often they count people in Israel. I feel like all they ever do is count people in livestock because yeah. it's like here they numbered about six hundred. Why would you just stand there and count people? <laughs> Bring the royal counter, <laughs> royal counter. <laughs> okay, you ready to move on? Yes. So Saul and his son Jonathan and the men that were with them were staying in Gibeah in Benjamin, while the Philistines camped at Michmash. Raiding parties went out from the Philistine camp and three detachments. One turned toward Afra in the vicinity of Shaul, another toward Beth Horon, and the other, the, well, the third, toward the borderland overlooking the valley of Zeboam, facing the desert. Not a blacksmith could be found in the whole land of Israel because the Philistines had said, otherwise the Hebrews will make the swords or spears. So all of Israel went down to the Philistines to have their plow, shares, mattocks, axes, and sickles sharpened. The price was two-thirds of a shekel for sharpening plowshares and mattocks, and a third of a shekel for sharpening forks and axes, and for repointing goads. So on the day of the battle, not a soldier with Saul and Jonathan had a sword or spear in his hand. Only Saul and his son Jonathan had them. <laughs> so, like, I don't know why the Israelites were fucking dumb enough to not have any blacksmiths in the entire population of Israel. So they had to go to their enemies to get their fucking weapons. Yeah, I mean, how stupid do they think the, the Philistines are? It's like, oh, you guys are going to attack today, huh? Yeah, we thought we'd get our shit sharpened. <laughs> so oh, we can okay. kill all your fucking brothers and shit. <laughs> so I could just I could just see the blacksmith like, okay, let me get this straight now. You're going to have me sharpen this blade that you're just going to shove up my ass later. Is this correct? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's just about it. Oh, okay. Well, it'll be back in three days. Two-thirds of a shekel. <laughs> <laughs> also, there is an upcharge for the uh, anal penetration. <laughs> so, so this we're getting ready to where Jonathan attacks the Philistines, and this is Samuel chapter 13, 1 Samuel chapter 13. Mm-hmm. All right? One day, Jonathan, son of Saul, said to the young man bearing his armor, Come, let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Saul was staying on the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree in Migron. With him were about 600 men, among whom was Ahijah, who was wearing an ephod. He was son of Ichabod's brother Ahitab, son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh. Okay. No one was aware that Jonathan left. Okay, basically, I don't know why we had to go through all that. Nobody fucking knew where Jonathan was going. Nobody Mm -hmm. knew he had gone. He just went. Okay? Right. On each side of the pass that Jonathan intended to cross to reach the Philistine outpost was a cliff. One was called Bozes, the other was Senna. One cliff stood to the north toward Michmash and the other to the south toward Giba. Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, Come, let us go to the outpost of those uncircumcised fellows. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. So they're like, let's go and attack, th- attack these guys whose dicks aren't cut. <laughs> because fuck them and their uncutness. Well, it's like, how would you even know? 
Well, here's how they would know, honey. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> yeah, basically, they'd always walk out of their tents wagging their dicks around. And so when they were scouting them out, it's like, look at them wagging their dicks around. And they were uncut. Yeah, that's probably exactly how it happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they just stared at their uncut dicks. Yeah, that's probably what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead. I am with you, heart and soul. I wonder if he and his armor bearer were a thing. Probably. I mean, you know, in the in uh, Roman, I want to say that it was like, not Roman, but the Trojan uh uh, army or whatnot like you know they would adopt or they would have the kids go into training like really young and a lot of times they would they would abuse those kids like anally <clears throat> just that's saying. terrible so anyway jonathan said come then we will cross over toward these men and let them see us if they say to us wait there until we come to you we will stay where we are and not go up to them but if they say come up to us we will climb up because that will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. I don't know how that's a sign mm-hmm. to be like, hey, you boys, get your ass up here. Like, I don't know how that's a sign of God, but whatever. <laughs> so both of them showed themselves to the Philistine outpost. Look, said the Philistines, the Hebrews are crawling out of the holes they were hiding in. The men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armor boy, come up to us and we will teach you a lesson. So Jonathan said to his armor bearer, climb up after me. The Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. So Jonathan climbed up using his hands and feet. I don't know what else he would climb up with, um, with his armor bearer right behind him. The Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer followed and killed behind him. Obviously, honey, he could have grabbed onto the ladder with his dick. (laughs) Come up. And he climbed up the ladder with his dick and feet. See, that makes sense. No, it doesn't. He just, Indiana Jones lassoed his dick around the thing and and just made his way up it. I don't care how big a dick is. I have literally (laughs) never seen one used as a lasso. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) In the first attack, Jonathan and his armor bearer killed some 20 men in an area of about a half an acre. Then panic struck the whole army. No, there were two fucking guys. Two guys killed 20 men in a half an acre and the entire army is freaked out. Mm-hmm. Those in the camp in the field and those in the outpost and raiding parties and the ground shook. Of course it did. It was a panic sent by God. Oh. Saul's lookouts at Gibeah and Benjamin saw the army melting away in all directions. Then Saul said to the men who were with him, muster the forces and see who has left us. When they did, it was Jonathan and his armor bearer who were not there. Saul said to Ahijah, bring the ark of God at the time it was with the Israelites. Okay. Okay. While Saul was uh, talking to the priest, the tumult in the Philistine camp increased more and more. So Saul said to the priest, withdraw your hand. Then Saul and all his men... What was he doing? Jacking them off? Probably. I mean, come on. <laughs> why else? I mean, Withdra- why wouldn't he be jacking them off? I don't know. Withdraw your hand is just, that's just Withdraw weird. Withdraw your hand off thy dick and get out here and do shit. <laughs> then Saul and all his men went assembled and went to the battle. They found the Philistines in total confusion, striking each other with their swords. Oh, so the earthquake thing was God's fart, and it was so dank... 
that it caused them to be confused and mercy kill each other. They were killing each other, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, if God farted in my direction, I'd probably mercy kill people. I don't know. Sometimes I wish you'd mercy kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Those Hebrews who had previously been with the Philistines and had gone up with them to their camp went over to the Israelites who were with Saul and Jonathan. When all the Israelites who had hidden in the hill country of Ephraim heard that the Philistines were on the run, they joined in the battle in hot pursuit. So the Lord rescued Israel that day and the battle moved on beyond Beth Aven. Okay. Right? Now, the men of Israel were in distress that day because Saul had bound the people under an oath, saying, Cursed be any man who eats food before evening comes, before I have avenged myself on my enemies. So no one in the troops tasted food. The entire army entered the woods, and there was honey on the ground. When they went into the woods, they saw the honey oozing out, yet no one put his hand to his mouth because they feared the oath. But Jonathan, who had not heard that his father had bound the people with the oath, so he reached out the end of his staff and dipped it into the honeycomb. He raised his hand to his mouth and his eyes brightened. Then one of the soldiers said to him, your father bound an army under the, the army under a strict oath saying, curse be any man who eats food today. That is why all the men are faint. Jonathan said, my father has made trouble for the country. <laughs> <laughs> See how my eyes brightened when I tasted a little of this honey? How much better it would have been if the men had eaten today some of the plunder they took from their enemies. Would not the slaughter of the Philistines have been even greater? Uh, so I do want to bring back that this has, an, an I guess, an allusion or whatnot to uh, Samson. Yeah. Because he eats the honey, like he he ate the honey that was oozing out of the ground. No, no, it wasn't out of the ground. It was out of the belly of the tiger that he killed, or the lion, the lion that he killed. Oh shit! I missed that part. In Samson? No, no, no. I, I was talking about Jonathan here. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, it was oozing out of the ground here. Yeah, Samson, it okay. it would like was from in the. I, w I was thinking they killed a lion in the woods. Oh. And <laughs> no, that was Samson. <laughs> no, yeah, that was Samson. But the, Samson found the honeycomb or whatnot, like the honey inside the lion's carcass or whatnot. Right. Uh, Jonathan's finding it oozing out of the ground here. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, it just it feels very reminiscent of the Samson story and how he was a judge. And it feels like Jonathan's being set up as the judge. Like this seems. Well, there are no more judges. No, no, no! I know that, but okay. I, but like Sam, like like Samson was picked by God to be a judge, mm -hmm. and so Jonathan's being picked by God, but for something like not to be a judge or a ruler or anything mm -hmm. like that, because I know the next one is David, right? right? Uh, but I mean, Jonathan is is obviously being hand stroked by God at this point. That's one way of putting it. I just think it's interesting how they put it. Would not the slaughter of the Philistines have been even greater if we'd eaten food? Like, wouldn't it have been awesome? Can you imagine how many people we would have killed if you guys would have just eaten a steak? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and then that was him coming. That, okay. <laughs> that day, after the Israelites had struck down the Philistines from Michmash to uh, whatever the fuck this word is, uh, Agelon. Agilon? Agilion? Agilion? Anyway, they were exhausted. They pounced on the plunder, and taking sheep, cattle, and calves, they butchered them on the ground and ate them together with the blood. 
Then someone said to Saul, look at the men sinning against the Lord by eating the meat that has blood in it. You have broken faith, he said. Roll a large stone over here at once. Then he said, go out among the men and tell them, each of you bring me your cattle and sheep and slaughter them here and eat them. Do not sin against the Lord by eating meat with blood still in it. So everyone brought his ox that night and slaughtered it there. Then Saul built an altar to the Lord. It was the first time he had done this. Saul said, let us go down after the Philistines by night and plunder them until dawn and do not leave one of them alive. Do whatever seems best to you, they replied. But the priest said, let us inquire of God here. So Saul asked God, shall I go down after the Philistines? Will you give them into Israel's hand? But God did not answer him that day. Saul, therefore, said, come here, all of you who are leaders of the army, and let us find out what sin has been committed today. So they had a, a tattle and tale. Uh -huh. As surely as the Lord who rescues Israel lives, even if it lies with my son, Jonathan, he must die. But not one of the men said a word. Saul said to all the Israelites, you stand over there. I and Jonathan, my son, will stand over here. Do what seems best to you, the men replied. Then Saul prayed to the Lord, the God of Israel, give me the right answer. And Jonathan and Saul were taken by Lot, and the men were cleared. Saul said, cast the lot between me and Jonathan, my son. And Jonathan was taken. Then Saul said to Jonathan, tell me what you have done. So Jonathan told him, I merely tasted a little honey with the end of my staff, and now I must die? Saul said, may God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if you do not die, Jonathan. So he was ready to kill his son because oh, he yeah. ate some honey. I mean, obviously, I mean, Jonathan's a little shit. He ate honey. His his dad said not to. And I mean, this is perfectly allowed in the Well, see, Old here's Testament. the thing, though. When he ate the honey, he didn't know that his father had said that. No. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. But I mean, motherfuckers gotta die. <laughs> but the men said to Saul, should Jonathan die, he who was brought about, uh, brought about the great deliverance in Israel? Never. And surely as the Lord lives, not a hair of his head will fall to the ground. For he did this today with God's help. So the men rescued Jonathan and he was not put to death. Ooh, shit. Saved by the bell. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how that particular thing goes, but. <laughs> then Saul stopped pursuing the Philistines and they withdrew to their own land. Okay, so he, they stopped the offensive attacks. Right. But. After Saul assumed rule over Israel, he fought against the enemies on every side. Moab, the Ammonites, Edom, the kings of Zobah, the Philistines, wherever he turned, he inflicted punishment on them. <laughs> you know what this reminds me of? One of your Today I Learned last week. What's that? The one where the pig gets into the beer and oh, drank yeah. all the beer and then starts a fight with a cow. Yeah, that shit was funny. It just seems like Saul got really drunk. I was like, hey, you look at me over there. Hey, you fuck you, man. <laughs> I will kick your goddamn ass. You understand me? <laughs> so anyway, they mostly have, have defensive fighting, right? But he basically he does... Um, lead and defeat them all uh -huh. right he fought valiantly and defeated the amalekites delivering israel from the hands of those who plundered them all the days of saul there was bitter war with the philistines and whenever saul saw a mighty or brave man he took him into his service now at this point because chronologically is this this next part happens chronologically here this is a a few passages from uh, First Chronicles, mm -hmm. 
uh, chapter 5, and we're going to do 10 and 18 through 22, okay? Okay. So during – and that's because this happens during Saul's reign, and we're telling the whole story of Saul today. Okay. Okay. So during Saul's reign, they waged war against the Hagrites who were defeated at their hands. They occupied the dwellings of the Hagrites throughout the entire region of Gilead. The Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, and you remember them? They're the ones who stayed east of the Jordan. Yeah. They they stayed on the other side of the Jordan. I mean, they went to fight with the Israelites. Right. When they took the promised land. I, I don't think we've heard of them since, have we? The ones that stayed on the other side of the Jordan? Um, they've they've come they've fought with them, but but yeah, they haven't been a big part okay. of the story. Until now. <laughs> So they had 44,760 men ready for military service, able-bodied men who could handle shield and sword, who could use a bow, and who were trained for battle. They waged war against the Hagrites, Judder, Nafish, and Nodab. They were helped in fighting them, and God handed the Hagrites. <laughs> Wait a second. Nodab? Nodab. <laughs> That, that that feels like a, like an actual like sign like posted up somewhere <laughs> like there's no dabbing in this area okay I mean it could be like nodub 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 no dab nodub I don't know I like no dab better no dab <laughs> <laughs> so God handed the Hagrites and all their allies over to them because they cried out to him during battle he answered their prayers because they trusted him. They seized the livestock of the Hagrites, 50,000 camels, 250,000 sheep, and 2,000 donkeys. They also took 100,000 people captive, and many others fell slain because the battle was God's, and they occupied the land until the exile. Okay. So that's the story of the eastern tribes fighting the Hagrites. See, they, I mean, I don't know why they get to fight the Hagrids over there. I mean, they're just, they're just easy, they're easy going giants that just want to protect Harry Potter. They weren't giants and there's nothing about Harry Potter in here. (laughs) Okay. So that happened chronologically here. Now back to first Samuel chapter 15. Um, Samuel said to Saul, we're going back to the Amalekites and what happened with them. Okay. Okay. So Samuel said to Saul, I am the one the Lord has sent to anoint you king over his people, Israel. So listen now to the message from the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will punish the Amalekites for what they did to Israel when they, when they waylaid them as they came up from Egypt. Do you remember that? The Amalekites, when, when the Israelites left Egypt and they were going along the road and the Amalekites attacked them. Mm-hmm. So now it's time for payback, like hundreds of years later. (laughs) I mean, can you just imagine? It's like, hey, guys, you remember when they jumped us on the road? No, but I remember my great grandfather telling me a story about his great great fucking grandfather. (laughs) You get my point? I don't give a fuck. Yeah, it was many generations prior. (laughs) So now they're going to go attack the Amalekites and totally destroy everything that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death men and women, children and infants, cattle and sheep, camels and donkeys. Kill everything. Just fucking kill it all. Everything, everybody. No, you can't keep any women. Kill all the babies. Kill everything. All the babies, all the little kids. You see a little, if you see a little kid, you just fucking shove your sword in their eye. Don't don't do that now, like in real life. This no, is just we're talking Bible. about in the Bible. Totally. They're savage as fuck in the Bible. They killed little kids. Yeah. 
So, and this is Samuel telling Saul all of this, okay? So Saul summoned the men and mustered them at Telaim, mm-hmm. 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men from Judah. Saul went to the city of Amalek and set an ambush in the ravine. Then he said to the Kenites, go away, leave the Amalekites so that I do not destroy you along with them. For you showed kindness to all the Israelites when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites moved away from the Amalekites. Then Saul attacked the Amalekites all the way from Havilah to Shur, the east to the east of Egypt. He took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive, and all his people he totally destroyed with a sword. But Saul and the army spared Agag and the best of the sheep and cattle, the fat calves, the lambs, and everything that was good. Hold, hold on. Do you think they gagged the gag? I don't know, maybe. probably these these they were unwilling to destroy completely but everything that was despised and weak they totally destroyed okay okay then the word of the lord came to samuel oh shit not the word of the lord you know what the word is the bird (laughs) (laughs) no it's jesus oh sorry I, I mean, I, Jesus makes an appearance in here too. I God learned, damn, we've got Hagrid. Now we've got Jesus. I mean, I learned from Family Guy that the bird is the word. Yep, the bird is the word, but not in the Bible. Oh, I mean, in um, in the Noah story, the bird kind of has the word. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Okay, so then the word of the Lord came to Samuel. I am grieved that I have made Samuel king because he has turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. Samuel was troubled and he cried out to the Lord all that night. Early in the morning, Samuel got up and went to meet Saul, but he was told Saul has gone to Carmel. There he has set up a monument in his own honor and has turned and gone on down to Gilgal. When Samuel reached him, Saul said, the Lord bless you. I have carried out the Lord's instructions. (laughs) but samuel said what then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears what is this lowing of cattle that i hear saul answered the soldiers brought them from the amalekites they spared the best of the sheep and cattle to sacrifice to the lord your god but we destroyed the rest stop samuel said to saul let me tell you what the lord said to me last night tell me saul replied samuel said Although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel, and he sent you on a mission, saying, Go and completely destroy those wicked people, the Amalekites. Make war on them until you have wiped them out. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? But I did obey the Lord, Saul said. I went on the mission the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag, their king, the soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder, the best of what was devoted to God, in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. But Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than to sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of all rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. But you have rejected the word of the Lord, and he has rejected you as king. Damn. <laughs> he got told. And yeah, um, so the it seems like, just like in Judges, the moral or the main theme of the Saul uh, reign 
I guess, the kingship of Saul or whatever, is the fact that you need to obey God. When you obey God, good shit happens. Well, it's interesting because from now, whether he did this, whether they actually kept the best to sacrifice or they kept the best to keep the best for them for cattle and Mm -hmm. livestock and shit, we don't really know. But from what Saul says, they kept the best to sacrifice to God. Mm -hmm. And so to him, they were trying to do a good thing, but he ended up doing a bad thing because God said kill everything and he didn't obey that. Right. Right. He half-assed it. But I mean, I guess from his, from his perspective, if, if what he's saying is true, they were going to kill it. They were just going to do it in a sacrifice fashion. So they were going to kill it anyway, but they just didn't kill it right there. Right. So I don't know. I think this is a little ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> but Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. I violated the Lord's command and your instructions. I was afraid of the people. And so I gave in to them. Now I beg you, forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel said to him, I will not go back with you. You have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you as king over Israel. And Samuel turned to leave. Saul, as Samuel turned to leave, Saul caught hold of the hem of his robe and it tore. Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to one of your neighbors, to one better than you. He who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind. Saul replied, I have sinned, but please honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel. Come back with me so that I may worship the Lord your God. So Samuel went back with Saul and Saul worshiped the Lord. Then Samuel said, bring me Agag, the king of the Amalekites. Agag came to him confidently, thinking surely the bitterness of death is past. But Samuel said, as your sword has made women childless, so will your mother be childless among women. And Samuel put a gag to death before the Lord at Gilgal. So Samuel killed the, the Amalekite king. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Samuel savage as fuck. Yeah. So after that, Samuel left for uh, Ramah, but Saul went up to his home in Gibeah of Saul. Until the day Samuel died, he did not go to see Saul again. Wait, sorry to interrupt, but so Saul, uh, Samuel said that a gag sword has caused women to be childless. Has made women childless. Right, and this was after the Israelites like totally destroyed their entire town or yep. whatever. And uh, so I guess technically they didn't make women childless they i guess they could have made them childless first and then just killed them well it would have been it would have been a gag's armies that killed israelites making women israelite women lose their sons oh okay all right i don't know this just seems like death 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 oh you know what you death and then they death and then now you death (laughs) (laughs) yeah it, it is pretty much that's that's exactly what it is So, until the day Samuel died, he did not go see Saul again, though Samuel mourned for him. And the Lord was grieved that he had made Saul king over Israel. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? The Lord grieved that he made Saul king? He was grieved, like he was, he was upset that he made Saul king over Israel. The motherfucker knew what would happen. Supposedly... 
I mean, didn't was it was it Sammy or or God that warned somebody that the king would be shit? Uh, well, it was it. Okay, so Saul warned or Samuel warned all of the Israelites mm-hmm. because God told Samuel. But it was kind of one of those things. If your king turns away from me, this is what's going to happen to you. And well, so it was more of a like. If versus a this is not going to work out, but it was kind of a this is not going to work out, but it doesn't matter because they continue to have kings after Saul. Well, yeah, but I mean, it, uh, so for one thing, God's supposed to know everything. I don't see how we can regret a decision. I mean, if he, he already knew what the outcome was going to be, so how could he regret the decision that he made? I don't know. This seems like to be a contradiction in the actual like. Phys- I guess makeup of God or the yeah. or the doctrine well, surrounding what God is. Well, that that would be the dogma. The dogma. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, I I mean this ha- this is not the first time this has happened, and it happens often. They talk about God as if He's one thing, and then the Scripture kind of characterize Him a little differently than that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big difference to say that God regretted His decision even though he should have known what would have happened and he would have known what would happen. Yeah. But apparently he didn't know what was going to happen. I, I'm, ca- I'm no, I'm calling bullshit. <laughs> I, so I'm just, I gotta call it bullshit. I mean, isn't that what this whole podcast is kind of about is calling out the bullshit here? Yeah, it is. Yep. But I'm just saying like, it just, mm, th- this is one plus one equals three kind of shit over here. <laughs> So that's the story for today. Oh, fuck. Thank God we're done with goddamn Saul. Wasn't he a fucking disappointment? (laughs) Kind (laughs) of. But Jonathan is still going to play a role. Yeah, he plays a role. And obviously he's not as much of a shit choice as as Saul was to, you know, play a big role for God. Yeah. So Uh, he's not going to be king, obviously. But I mean, he plays there's other ways to play, you know, God's role. Yeah, so... By role, I mean dick. (laughs) No. So next week, y'all, we are going to be going through uh, 1 Samuel 16, 17. 16 and 17, it looks like. We might, depending on how long this one is. Oh, this is a long story. We won't get through the whole David story uh, next week. It's just going to take a while. It's a long story, but... We get David, who's a really big deal. You know, David's the one who unites all the tribes of Israel. Mm -hmm. And from that, from David forward, they become the Jews. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, this is a good story. I agree. All right, heathen. So uh, if you want to get in on the Skeptic Mafia podcast that posts just before this podcast, you can hit that join link right here on the watch page, or you can go into, go, going you can go to join skepticmafia.com and you'll be able to join the skeptic mafia yeah you can also become a patron to become part of the skeptic mafia that's another way accurate yep so uh, i guess we will see you heathens next time make sure you check out the channel later this afternoon for my next episode of today i learned yes those will be posting every tuesday wednesday and thursday from here on out Mm -hmm. and don't forget to stand up and use your voice bye heathens bye y'all